0: Welcome to uh, another fun-filled episode of On the Ground. Uh, My name is Ben. I am again here with Rylan and Alex, who are looking
1: particularly radiant this morning. (laughs) So I I think it's going to be a good episode. I was actually just thinking about how I sound congested, and you kind of sound that way a little bit too, Ben. Yeah, I always sound that way.
0: We're all kind of on the verge of sickness, so just bear with us. Uh, we also dare not neglect our faithful audio technician Malachi. So, thanks again. God bless. We're you. like those Methodist preacher riders
2: who like didn't live past twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> they preached so hard. That's why we're sick. right?
0: We just yeah, minister right. so hard. Yeah, yeah on horseback. <laughs> on it's horseback. more authentic.
1: Oh man, I hope that I could say that. <laughs>
0: So, guys, we've actually gotten feedback, uh, which is exciting. I actually learned that there's a
1: fair <laughs> amount of people that listen to our podcast. It turns out. Important uh, people. No, well, when I say a fair amount, I mean, I'm thinking proportional <laughs> to the size of our church. So <laughs> Seven to eight. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It turns out, actually, that nine out of ten <laughs> listeners would prefer to hear Malachi rather than <laughs> the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, we've yeah, yeah. uh, we've gotten some encouragement. We've gotten some uh, good suggestions for topics. Um, and one of those recent suggestions, uh, wondering if we could discuss the, um, you know, the pull towards and the dangers of instant gratification. Uh, this is a, a great and relevant topic. And one which I think we all would kind of agree falls under the broader umbrella of uh, self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a real kind of... Problem with self-control uh, in this society—we're mm-hmm. um, really not in a period where uh, people find themselves enslaved to asceticism and and self-denial. Um, it's more kind of Solomon's response in Ecclesiastes two verses ten. Uh, anything I wanted, I would take. Mm-hmm. I denied myself no pleasure. That's kind of the general yeah. attitude. Um, so maybe as we start the discussion, we could begin with um, just maybe talking about self-control and, and the place it has maybe uh, in human existence and, and, and specifically as it concerns the Christian life. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: one thing we've talked about, and I actually sent an
0: article out to the man in our church
2: written by a pastor named Tobi Anwa Anwabwile? Anwabwile? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anwabwile? Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of those is right. Clearly we're We're African.
2: Yeah, clearly. Not. And and he, it it was titled something like the one essential ingredient of manhood, and it was self-control. And I think that we could broaden that from manhood to just the Christian life and say that self-control is a Christian virtue and a fruit of the spirit that, um, in a way, all other virtues and fruit in the Christian life, depend on self-control, depend on the ability to say no to vice, to say yes to virtue, to say no to sin, and yes to righteousness. And uh, yeah, it's it's not just, you know, one of in a long list of things we ought to be trying to cultivate in our lives by faith, but it is really the starting
0: point. And, and yeah. Oh, go ahead. I just, would you say that, Self-control is, is a virtue that um, everyone can prioritize and achieve. Um, is it kind of something we just knuckle down and, and do? Is it is it conceivable for everybody to be self-controlled and, and uh, have ordered loves, I
1: guess? Well, interestingly enough, the the Greeks are talking a lot about the actual word self-control before the Christians are, in one sense. That is interesting
2: the, enough. The idea
1: is... <laughs> The idea <laughs> what do <you> obviously is <laughs> President in will continue the yeah, conversation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just The idea is obviously present in the old Testament. you like you see the idea that we need to deny ourselves and we have sinful desires, but um, the Greeks are actually thinking about this a lot, and mm. you get stoicism and and Aristotle's right. talking about um, these things a lot as well. but the point that I'm trying to make is like humans actually saw the need. To sort of um, balance, or, or we were talking about the word temperance, temper your desires. Mm-hmm. That there are there are desires that you shouldn't really listen to, or that you should listen to other desires more than others. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's a that's actually a human thing. I would say that even there's a problem that our society doesn't like the idea of self control or, or self denial. Yeah, that's something that we think is like it's a vice in yeah, our culture yeah, today. sure. But or, but, it, yes. but humans on a general scale haven't thought that way. Yeah. Like o- over the course of history. It's
2: an irrational thought. And even if, if you were to ask someone there to be honest, if you were to ask them a simple question, do you think that you should do every single thing you've ever wanted to do? Yeah. And by want, I don't mean the noble things. I mean, literally every impulse you've ever had, yeah. should you act on that? They would. They would, at, well, they have obviously lived in such a way that they don't believe that mm-hmm. because they've thought and desired things that they haven't acted upon. Um, And and so everyone agrees that there's such a thing as Mm self-control. But to answer your question, is it something that every Christian can expect uh, to grow in? And we would say, yeah, that's what the New Testament expects. Um, In several ways we see that. One, we see that self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So the Spirit gives uh, the gift of self-control to every believer. We also see in Galatians 5.16... Um, Paul's saying, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So he's, he's expecting that Christians ought to walk by the Spirit, and he's expecting that if they do that, they won't gratify the desires of the mm-hmm. flesh. He's not mm-hmm. saying several of you who have ascended the mountain you know, of, of um, asceticism, or whatever you want to say, can achieve this. That He's expecting that Spirit-filled people... Um, ought to and can live self-controlled lives. Mm-hmm. The grace of God has appeared, uh, training us to renounce all ungodliness and live self-controlled lives. That that's what Christ came to do. And and let we'll flesh that out a little bit. Well, what does that actually mean? Well, it means a changing of desires. You know, a new desire, the new birth. But we're getting we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So, you maybe you have a definition too but a definition I read for what self-control is. Um, Self-control, just if you think of those two words, implies two things. One, there's things in us, self, that need to be controlled. That's the first thing. Two, we, self, play a role in controlling those things. Mm -hmm. So there's things that need to be controlled and we have to play a role in that. Philip Towner says, self-control is the control over one's behavior and the impulses and emotions beneath it. Mm-hmm. So we we might add control over one's behavior and the impulses and emotions or desires beneath it. Yeah, and that's what Paul gets at. He says you will have um, desires of the flesh. He calls them. Do you would you want to expand on that in any way? Yeah, Self well,
1: control? yeah. I would say uh, just add another definition. Uh, Karen Swallow Pryor says one attains temperance when the appetites have been shaped such that that one's desires are in a proper order and a proper proportion and the same it's essentially saying the same thing you just said that we're we're we are trying to um see which appetites and desires are good and which ones we need you know are too big and need to be lesser and which ones need to come first that you know there's a right order to them that that's so, and then obviously that some need to be outright denied yeah. um uh would be another really important thing to add to that yeah and just kind of building on,
0: uh, I think that was an important point you raised, that, that self-control is a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And uh, Titus 3, verse 3, talks about, um, well, he's, he's writing to people and he describes them. Uh, we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves, slaves to various passions and pleasures, uh, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. So there's, um, it's not just that I mean, Augustine struggled with this. He, he was kind of like, why are these, these, um, these desires and these lusts breaking out I- in me? Um, there's an element to our nature that stoicism or just self-denial can't control. There needs to be yeah. a new principle. There needs to be a, a transformation really to um, not just kind of uh, the mechanics of self-control, but changing our desires. Yeah.
2: And that's why he says in Galatians 5, he says, walk by the spirit yeah. um, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. He doesn't say, you know, just knuckle down and, and, you know, give yourself to mindfulness or meditation, which are all helpful techniques and may have a measure of benefit. Mm-hmm. But ultimately to change your desires has to be a work of God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it doesn't mean that we're passive in that process. Mm-hmm. No. And... and He goes on to say, the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Can
1: can we maybe say that in a a positive way? Um, If you're not a believer, essentially, if you don't have the Spirit of God producing the fruit of self-control, you are completely enslaved to do what you want to do. Yeah. Only the things you want to do. Yeah. You, you cannot choose to do things other than what you want. That is complete enslavement. That's why yeah. we talk about being free um, and being then slaves to righteousness yeah. is because you actually now have good desires yeah. that combat well, just selfish desires.
2: I noticed that when I read that verse this morning to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Mm-hmm. So your sinful fleshly desires are really you. The mm-hmm. desires of your heart, you want to do those things. And yet, there's a deeper you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's things that t- that those things that you want to do are keeping you from what you really do want mm-hmm, to do. Mm-hmm. And you see embedded in that text, it's like there's two us, there's mm-hmm. two yous in that. There, and there's two, there's conflicting desires. And with the as it relates to what you said, is the new birth uh, awakens that battle. You know, for the first time in our life, there is actually a conflict mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. in our heart. Instead of just having one-sided, self-focused, self-serving, self-worshipping, self-centered desires, mm-hmm. um, that all of a sudden we are given new desires that love God, that love others, that worship God, that seek His honor.
0: Right. So could we say that self-control is the the intentional sowing, uh, investing in those new desires, yeah. rather mm-hmm. than yes. Mm-hmm. Cultivating the old nature, the old. It's
2: not a straight denial of all desire,
0: which various false
2: Mm -hmm. teachings in Christian history have said is that desire is bad, passion is bad, and stop, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, period. It's that sinful desires are bad, Mm -hmm. fleshly desires belonging to the old person pulses, that
1: are bad, but the new desires um, are good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I, I feel like for. Most Christians, we we feel the sting of our failure um, to follow through on the good things, the righteous things, yeah. the, the good new desires, and we forget that even the fact that we can feel that failure, that we can feel sorrow over not doing what is right, that's that's a product of being a Christian. That's yeah. that's a really important and positive way to look. At. You can only be in the battle with yourself when you've become a Christian. Yeah, and everyone else is just giving in to their desires. Yeah. With, without a care in the world in one sense.
2: Yeah. So so I've found it helpful in my own life, and I've seen other people in their lives help to know that um, a Christian is a conflicted person <laughs> mm-hmm. because we all feel that conflict, right? We, we all feel those sinful desires every single day. And if you don't have a category for that, if you think, well, if I think something sinful or... If you find yourself lacking godly desires, if you find yourself totally not desiring anything that's good for you, you don't desire Christian fellowship, you don't desire um, the love of the people of God, you don't desire the the time in the Word, you don't desire to pray, you don't desire what you know are good and godly things. If you don't have a category for being a conflicted person, you could just become so despairing. Mm if you're honest with yourself. And I I know I was in that place for a long time. It's just, maybe I'm not who I think I am. Mm. And there's a sense which that's true because I thought I was just this, you know, single-minded person, but I'm not. I'm a conflicted man, the the old and the new. And there was something just freeing about that. But I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to psychoanalyze myself. It's like, is this a good or bad desire? It's bad. Okay. (laughs) Like, setting that aside, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I, You know, I was talking to somebody recently, you know, I'm struggling to really desire Christian fellowship. It's like, okay, well, what does the Bible say about that? You know, do not neglect meeting together as some have done, but even more so. And, and, and that we need each other and, and we need the word of God. We live by it. So when we don't desire what we are, we just trust the Bible and we walk in obedience mm-hmm. of faith. And there's something just very simple, freeing about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Oh. Sorry, Rango. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, Karen Swall Pryor also, also gives this helpful phrase, pleasure is tempered by understanding. That, that yeah. part of the, what, what Alex is saying is, you know, we say, oh, I feel this way, I have this desire. But we know that there is another desire we ought to have. And so um, self-control is, is, is working out how we're going to realize that even though I feel this way, I desire this, I know that something else is what I ought to desire. And, yeah. and it's the work of getting, uh, of desiring that thing more. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that mindfulness is really helpful because it means
0: that, um, part of the schemes of Satan is kind of painting and gilding sin that it kind of disguise, it disguises the sting. Oh yeah. Um, but in the spirit, we can, we can, look at something that seems pleasurable uh, and that seems, you know, something that we want to do and and, and know Ratifying. that there's a bitter end to that, uh, you know, the steps lead down to death. Yeah. And, and also know that, well, in the moment, I may not want to read my Bible or yeah. pray or go to church, uh, that God will bless that. Yes. A- and, and it it won't always likely be a grind, like yeah. maybe it is now. Yeah. Once those habits and routines yes. are, are in place, the yes. joy often follows.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That That is how you grow in the Christian life. And, and that is how your desires change. Mm-hmm. Um, an encouragement, you know, just to talk about Christ is, it says in Romans 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, that we would no longer be enslaved to sin, So when you feel sinful desires, it's, it's overwhelming because you truly want that or you, or you um, truly don't want what is good for you. But what that text is telling us is that those evil things, selfish things, whatever that you feel or you desire, Christ died to set you free from those feelings. It doesn't mean that in the Christian life you will never feel that. But it means for the first time, you're not actually enslaved to it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know in my life, too, like when you feel when you desire something wrong or, you know, it's overwhelming. It's like, well, how could I do anything other? Because this is what I want. Like, how can I change who I am? But that's where we rely on the word and say, no, Christ died. And I have my sinful self died with him and he set me free. Which is why he follows, you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God, and don't let sin reign in your body. Mm-hmm. So you will have sinful desires, but Jesus died so that those wouldn't enslave you anymore, and now you need to live as if that is true. Mm-hmm. And that's what it means to walk by faith. When you feel as though there's nothing can be done, you say, no, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. That Christ died that I wouldn't be enslaved. I don't have to follow through on this. I don't have to give in to this.
1: I may have just had an epiphany about Romans 7, but we'll save that for another time. But uh, uh, to add to that, um, what he's saying there in Romans 6 is essentially you need, to, you need to consider yourself dead to the wrong desires, to the sinful yeah. desires. Um, and that, that, that's the self-denial aspect of self-control. Yeah. Um, but that, I think... If we only told people that it was self-denial, that would be half the battle. I'm not saying that you're saying that, but just I think there may be a conception. That it just means saying no to things I want. Um, but if you just starve the one self, the fleshly self, you, you actually aren't helping the other spirit self grow stronger. Yeah. You actually have to feed those desires. Yeah. You have to see them grow as well.
2: Walk by the spirit.
1: And, and I think that's what you see in that sort of trajectory of Romans 6, 7, 8. Romans 6 is saying you don't have to gratify the flesh anymore. Yeah. Romans 7 is saying, well, if you just if you stop there, you have no power to do anything good. Yeah. But then Romans 8 is saying if you put faith and walk by faith in the spirit, you actually can follow the right desires. Yeah. You actually can live the way that you ought to. that yeah. that, that the the ability to do what is right is not simply by uh, starving your sinful desires. It actually also is, is strengthened by your feeding the, the spirit in you. Yeah. That's why you were mentioning, you know, we read the word and see what is right. Yeah. Because the word by hearing with faith produces life. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's essentially that you, you can't just say no, you know, I, I really, really want a donut right now. Well, if I keep saying no to wanting a donut without actually feeding my hunger with something that's good for me, I just want a donut like more. A An squash. hour later, I just want a donut more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you actually are only strengthening that desire for that wrong thing a little are bit more. Are you
2: suggesting that we can say no to Honey <laughs> <laughs> Because
0: if you are, you're no longer part of this podcast.
2: <laughs> and, and I think this is what a part, partly what I want Christians in our church to understand, that this, this pattern of self-denial, of saying no to what's bad, but giving ourselves, you say, to what's good for us. Mm-hmm. to to fellowship and to the word and to prayer. um, This is a normal thing in the Christian life. Mm. Like you might be listening to this and feel like this is intense and you guys overthink things (laughs) and, you know. Which you do sometimes, but not in this case. And both those statements would be true, (laughs) that we are intense and prone to overthinking things.
1: Yeah, I don't take intense as being a uh, slight against me at all.
2: Yeah. Has anyone called you intense, (laughs)
1: though? (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
2: In a slightful way?
1: Well, not in our circle.
2: Okay. (laughs) A slightful way. Is that even a word? (laughs) Okay. It is now. A slighted way, maybe. Okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, But Jesus said, you know, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That he's saying, this is what it means to be my disciple. That the, the, the feeling of the disciple is one of denial and bearing a cross. And there's a joy and a depth of peace and um, security in the Christian life and being loved by God. And all those things are 100% true. And it, at the same time, for our old self, feels like carrying a cross mm-hmm. and involves saying no to our, to our very selves. Mm-hmm. And in a culture that's kind of like follow your heart and the worst thing you can tell someone, you know, when... land this a little bit. We talk about this in sexual ethics a lot with people. I mean, the worst thing you can tell someone is that you ought not to do that. You can't express yourself how you want. But we go back and say, well, back up. Like, before we start talking about sexuality and what's right and wrong, it's like, just so you know, the Christian life means Mm self-denial for every single one of us and every single area of our life, not just our sexuality. It means self-denial and, um, all of our greeds and our lusts and our sinful, selfish desires everywhere. So then when you have that conversation, if we start talking about self-denial and our sexuality, it's like, oh, well, th- that makes sense. That's, we're all in that boat. Mm-hmm. It's not just homosexuals who have to deny themselves. It's it's every single one of mm-hmm. us or single people or married people mm-hmm. or whatever. It's It's every person to follow Jesus is picking up a cross. Mm-hmm. And I think that needs to be communicated a bit more.
1: Yeah. but the, And the, the encouraging aspect of that is that, you know, you read the one sort of... Uh, quote where jesus says you must deny yourself but there is also when he says you must lose your life so that you will gain it yeah you gain it you will gain it and that, that the promise of self-control is not you just have to keep saying no to yourself yeah it's that you actually get to say yes to yeah. yourself as well yeah to yeah. to the better desires to the more satisfying and fulfilling desires yeah this is it's actually a very good thing and this is why this uh, when paul talks in Rome or uh, sorry first corinthians 9 do you not know that uh, that uh a race in the race, all run, but only one receives the prize. So run yeah. that you may obtain it. Yeah. And every athlete exercises self control in all things, but they do it to receive a, per- a perishable wreath, yeah. but we an imperishable one.
2: Yeah, the word for athlete there is essentially agonizer. Yeah. One who agonizes. Exactly. And that's what Jesus uses when he says, agonized, enter the narrow door. Mm-hmm. The Christian life looks like agonizing self denial, effort, intentionality, pain, costly. But it's not, you know, like those guys used to whip themselves.
0: Yeah. Through that process we're being restored to who we were made to be. Yeah. It's it's the best life. We were made for righteousness. Yeah. Not yeah. sexual immorality as yeah. Yeah. We never
1: says. exercise self control without a goal in mind. And no. there is a goal at the end of it. Yep, and the that's... goal is the reward of well of Christ. Yeah. You know, I I run for the upward uh, call of the prize in Christ. Yeah. Or, I'm, yeah. I'm paraphrasing that terribly, but yeah. from Philippians three, yeah. you know, I, I suffer the loss of all things that I may gain the surpassing worth of knowing Christ.
0: Yeah, and First Corinthians or First, I think Thessalonians talk about that. It talks about us being children of light, and not children of darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're in darkness and ignorance, all you can do you don't know where you're going. You don't have any object to run towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as children of light, you have well, we see the glory of God in the face of Christ, and yeah. that is our Impetus to run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What one thing I've noticed uh, in myself and in others is is we don't often see a relationship between what we do and and um, how that affects us. Yeah. Um. And it's self control. It's like we just buy things or we just uh you know follow our desires. Yeah. And we think that we can. D- that just is over here in a little ice airtight category. It doesn't change us or impact. Yeah. And us at why, all. why and why do I not want to come on Sundays? Yeah. Or why do I, you know not have any desire mm. to fight sin well that's the consequence of that yeah. yes you you are in Christ and that is a once for all uh, condition but there are degrees of fellowship that are yeah. always affected by the the mm-hmm. decisions mm-hmm. we make communion yeah. yeah
2: yeah absolutely and you know self-control is actually grows as you make decisions by God's grace by faith and reliance on the spirit in the little things. Yeah. So like I've told people, you know, I start making my bed every morning. Do you know why? Because I don't want to make my bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I feel so much better when I walk into my room and it's tidy. But the reason I do it is not just so, you know, what's that, that lady, that show, like tidying oh, your yeah. house. Mary Kondo. Yeah, it's not because, I, it's not because of her, it's because of Jesus. And <laughs> I just realized I needed to start controlling, uh, practicing self-control in the tiniest things. So that in the big areas of my life, I wouldn't falter and I wouldn't fail. Mm -hmm. And I needed to ask God for his grace and help. And I needed to put to death selfish, lazy, uh, evil things in my heart in the little places. Mm -hmm. And and as you do that, um, you find the strength. You know, it's uh, God's grace what trains us. It's not just, even though it's a gift that he gives the spirit and self-control, it's a, it's a process of training as the athlete agonizes. In all things. In all things. But I love what you said about a goal, because it's true, and that analogy is great. But no one runs and suffers. I mean, fighters always talk about the worst part about being a fighter is, is training camp, by far. It's way... Fighting is awesome. Fighting is easy. You know, it's...
0: (laughs) You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Fighting is awesome. The worst
2: part, and and Muhammad Ali (laughs) said this, the worst part by far is training camp. And what you're keeping in mind in training camp, though, is in in their minds, is same with this athlete, the glory Mm -hmm. that follows a victory. You know, the belt, the purse, the glory, whatever it is. And if you stop thinking about that, Mm -hmm. if all you start thinking about is just don't stop, just one more round, just and your thoughts just remain there, you quit. Yeah. And all of these people talk about it. Like, Paul's making an amazing analogy here, and all mm-hmm. the athletes, so many athletes today talk about that. What were you thinking? Well, when I got up at 5 a.m. every morning, guess what I wasn't thinking about? It? 5 a.m. I was thinking about 7 p.m. showtime. Yeah. And, and Christians need to think that way, mm-hmm. not about showtime and self-glory, but about the hope and the the, the yeah. reward of... of being with Christ and having our desires satisfied, and being the flesh and selfishness be put off, and and having others share in that joy, and mm-hmm. and if we're not in the Word, and if we're not in prayer, and if we're not in fellowship, we lose
1: sight of the goal. Right. I guess to land it.
0: So hope is, is inseparable, really, from self-control.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, Sustainable. It makes me think about that uh, quote from that. Is it the great debaters? The uh, we do what we have to, so we can do what we want to. Yes. And it's as we do what we have to. Uh, what we have to do actually becomes what we, what want, we want to do. To do. Yeah. Amen. Which, Which is amazing. Plane, right? yeah. <laughs>
2: Which is amazing. That's a great movie by the way. <laughs> amazing. I can I, I cannot commend <laughs> many movies on this podcast cuz hardly any are appropriate. The great, uh, the
1: great debaters I think you said. Yeah.
0: Oh, I've never watched
2: it. Is it Denzel Yeah, it's Washington? a Denzel movie. Oh.
1: It's fantastic. Nice. Um even what you were saying about fighting Paul says, you know, I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as one beating the air. You know, the point is is that it's <laughs> It's not that these things are themselves the goal. And no. and self-control is. is a really important virtue because it helps us get to all the other virtues. Yeah. It's the virtue that sort of is the path to all other virtues. Yeah. You want to have, you know, excellence in anything. You, you need to have self-control and discipline yeah. to get there.
2: So one practical thing I did in my life, and we're talking about how you develop self-control, is that we did a whole podcast on technology, but one of the big things he talks about is, and everyone acknowledges this, that smartphones in particular are one of the worst things for impulse control, that there's a sense of immediate gratification to come full circle on the mm-hmm. listener's question, that, that technology allows us to gratify so many of our desires, our desires to be known, to to um, be seen in a certain light, to have the praise of people, to satisfy lustful desires, to, you know, to be all knowing and pursue any avenue we want to learn about it. And we can do it immediately. There's no process, there's no work involved whatsoever. And In other words, it's the exact opposite of self-control. And most of us swim in the water all day of giving into a thousand impulses a thousand times and one thing i've done is i've you know removed that possibility from my phone so i basically have text email and calling right now which i still struggle i mean i still pull my
0: and candy day. crush right pardon and candy crush <laughs> you've kept that
2: one. that was off air bet. <laughs> and uh but basically so i can't i can't do that because i know i have a huge problem with impulse control and, and so just if you're trying to fight the battle for self-control in one area of your life, say with anger or with um, lust or with greed and spending and over here you are just constantly giving in
1: mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again, it just won't work. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking when you gave the analogy of we're swimming in the water and we were talking about running that uh, we, we do live in bodies and much of what we do The way we're gonna learn how to like exercise like self-control is is that we learn it through actually doing something hard with our bodies that why are we making all the analogies back to that because that's the place we most we most fundamentally understand it Mm -hmm. when you do something and it's good to actually look at how do how do i physically demonstrate self-control and i thought this for myself that i i don't I don't actually exercise a lot of self-control in what I eat. And it's probably because I don't see a lot of the immediate effects of it. Yeah. Um, though I feel like I might be starting to. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. You're looking good, buddy. Yeah, way. I look okay. Those but you don't want to end off. up like your father. But my health <laughs> might not be great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll scratch that one and for, that for the joke. record afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah. But but the the idea is is do we actually do all of us actually stop to think about physically how we're practicing self-control like how we eat, yeah. how we exercise. It's Those, not just a mental activity. Yeah, it's and it's and it's not just a physical activity because we want to have great-looking bodies, but that is actually one of the ways that you you grasp this truth of discipline in a way you can't otherwise yeah. because you physically embrace it. And I think that that's really important. If you want to yeah. you want to learn what it really takes to be self dis- disciplined in something, take up running. Yeah. I'm I'm serious. I think yeah. it I think it would it's, uh, it's uh, so abstract to think about self-control with the technology because it, it, that gratification, it's easy to, to, to notice it, oh, I'm feeling gratified. But it's hard to feel the struggle of it the same way as when you get out and you have to run and your lungs burn afterwards. Yeah. And then you recognize, oh, this is hard. But then over time it becomes rewarding and you realize you actually can run and you realize that you're actually healthier and your brain actually functions better yeah. and all these other things. That's uh, why I just think doing it, practicing self-control in a physical way is actually a very, like, basic way to, to gear yourself up, to exercise self-control in, in all the other areas of your life. Not saying you have to take up running.
0: We just started Pastor's running team.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it, it's but it's the reason I started coming out to basketball on Fridays. You know, I'm not even I'm a terrible basketball I'll be, player. I'll
2: be uh, riding in the pace car beside <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just throwing lemonade on us.
1: Do they have a pace car for marathons? <laughs> Do It's
0: <not. laughs> gonna be a long. <laughs> okay. Well. Really good discussion. I know I've been. Uh, sorry. Any concluding thoughts?
1: Any? Uh, yeah. We, well, there's a really important one. We need to emphasize again that this is actually a fruit of the spirit in a way that's like the spirit actually produces this miracle. Yeah.
2: When we look back on our exercise of discipline and self-control, all of it is the work of God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet, Ed Welch has an amazing quote we can close on: "As the Hebrews were promised the land." But had to take it by force, one town at a time. So we are promised the gift of self control, yet we also must take it by force. Mm-hmm. And this is a tension in the Christian life. You know, we need to exert effort and agonize and strain and discipline. And yet all of that is a work of God's grace. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And he, yeah, if God promises to give it, it's like we trust. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll close it off there and uh, hopefully see you again next week.